Welcome to the Husband Material Podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. Today I'm here with my new friend and fellow Canadian, Matt Klein. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you, Drew. It's so good to be with you. It's always good to be with you. And just even before this podcast conversation, we just had an amazing conversation. Should have recorded it. We should have recorded it and we should have had two episodes. You are the founder of Restored Ministries on a mission to help 1 million people live porn-free and powerfully by 2030. Our whole focus in our ministry is I always tell people, my goal is not to get you free of porn. My goal is to get you full of the love of the Father and rooted in your identity in Christ. And when you do that, not only is sin going to cease in your life, but you're going to be so full of impact and making, making an impact in this world. And so we want to provide opportunities to do that. And so when we talk about 1 million people by 2030, our vision is just duplicate leaders, make disciples that make disciples. And so it's fun to work in an area where people don't really talk about pornography and sexual issues. And then we bring them into a ministry and we can go to the darkest parts of their life and have the grace of God shine on that. And then that transforms them. And then they're so fired up and they just want to go impact people. So that's kind of the, the where that comes from and where we're going. And it's a lot of fun. I love it. And it's great to be with you on that mission. And specifically, one of the things that you get really fired up about is our topic today, the body. Why are you so passionate about these bodies that God has given us? The body is, it's so cool. You know, it, it says in, in scripture that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And I used to misquote it and say beautifully and wonderfully made. And then I read it and I went, wait a second. It doesn't say beautiful. It says fearfully. And then I went, why fearfully? What does that mean? And when I, when I picture God, like with a needle in his hand and he's sewing us together, like if I'm, if I got a needle in my hand, I'm going to be so fearful of doing the wrong thing and making a mistake. Or if I've got a crayon in my hand, I'm going to be fearful of going outside the line. <laughs> right. And so I'm going to be so careful in the way that I'm using that crayon or using that needle. And I think that the Lord was fearfully making us with such a careful intent for the exact design that he had for us. And we come into this life and we go, man, I wish that I was, you know, six, two and ripped. And I wish that I had eyes like Drew Boa and I had <laughs> hair that was beautiful and thick. And, and I just, you know, there's insecurities and we love parts of ourselves and we don't love parts of ourselves, but God made us fearfully and wonderfully. And that goes with like that fits with our bodies. Yeah. Like this, this body, this body with all of its problems and weaknesses and flaws. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And how did he, uh, how does he see value in that? I said to a guy a couple months ago, do you ever acknowledge your insecurities? And he said, no. And I said, well, what are some of your insecurities? I have lots of them. And I said, can you name some? This guy's in his late thirties. He's like, I've never even considered that I could deal with these insecurities. This is part of who I am. And he said, I'm only five foot six. And I wish that I was big. And I said, who told you five, six was wrong? Like God never told you five, six was wrong. God made you five, six. He made you to fit in an airplane better than I can. 
<laughs> and there's there's a specific reason that you have the body that you have and the look that you have and the the eye color that you have there's a specific reason for that and god is so intentional in the way that he designed us and so when we come in we don't value our bodies in the way that god does number one we feel insecure and then number two we do things with our bodies that god never intended for us to do and so having god's view on our bodies is actually really powerful and it's really important and we think man we got to put the flesh to death and we equate that to the body but the body is part of it is we're body soul and spirit and they're all interconnected and so we really need to understand that putting the flesh to death is putting the fleshly desires but the body is something that's so beautiful and powerful and valuable in, in god's eyes right and and putting the flesh to death does not mean putting my sexuality to death no that's right and isn't that true? So many people that struggle with sexuality, with pornography for years, they just go, God, take this from me. Take this temptation. Take these desires from me. I don't want them anymore. But man, he made us to be sexual. He made us with parts designed exactly for that. And man, I love in First Thessalonians 4, the end of chapter 3 and moving into the first part of 4. It's talking about living right for the Lord and living in the way that you were taught. And, and, and it says to be sanctified and that that's God's will for you. And then it gets specific. It's talking all these general terms, live right, please God. And then it gets specific and it says, so abstain from sexual immorality. And I'm like, what? Why didn't it say, so don't lie. Don't live with bitterness. Don't get drunk. Like it's talking about be sanctified. And then it goes right into sexual immorality. And abstain from that. And then it says, and learn to control your body in a way that's holy and honorable to the Lord. Not in, not, not in, the, in the lustful way that pagans do who don't know God. So we have this body that we have as an instrument. It's a tool that we can learn to control it in a way that's holy and honorable. And then in Romans 12, it says to present your bodies as living sacrifices as your true and proper worship. And I'm like, your true and proper worship? I mean, I grew up with praise and worship, right? That's this praise and worship, that's singing on Sunday. And that's how I worship. And if you think that you can't sing, you think oh, I can't worship God, but you know, there's a difference between praise and worship. And worship is just turning your attention towards the Lord. Worship in the original language is turning, having your gaze on Jesus and being so close that you're close enough to kiss. That's what worship really means. And so it says in, in, in Romans 12, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And this is your true and proper worship. So our bodies are an instrument of worship. And we need to let the Lord come and satisfy our bodies. When we have these cravings, I want it to turn us to crave relationship with Jesus. When our body has a sexual urge, let it urge you to have relationship with Jesus that he can come and satisfy. And even to go back in that verse, when it says to present your body as a living sacrifice, we learn what a sacrifice means in the Old Testament. It, it doesn't mean, you know, sacrifice something, sacrifice your worst lamb, sacrifice the lamb that's a little bit defective. God wants the best thing that we have to be what we sacrifice. And, and so then he says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So in other words, he's saying there's so much value in your body that I want that to be the thing that you sacrifice to me. 
And it's not defective. It's not just deformed. It's not wrong. It's something that's so valuable that he gave us. Man, I love that so much. And yet, as, as you said, talking about um, someone you had spoken with a few months ago, we really don't experience that very much. And many of us have never felt the beauty and the glory of our bodies yeah. as an instrument of worship, as something that God was so carefully detailed to create in all of its weirdness. Yeah. So if I may, I, I wonder, Matt, like what's one part of your body that that you have you have needed to reclaim? That's good. You know, there's there's two different ways I could answer that because one is insecurity and then one is where have I put my body in sin? And so I'll just go with insecurity. I'm a bigger guy. Like when I was I grew up playing hockey. I played high-level hockey up in Canada. And I was 14 and I was 6'2", 180 pounds. And so big kid, always, always, a you know, not fat, but just big and thick, tall. And and so I would look at my legs, my thighs, and I'd be like, why are they so big? And um, I got out of hockey and I put on a couple pounds. I'm not like in just ripped shape like I used to be, which is totally fine. Um, but I was doing squats just, was it, I think it was a couple of days ago and I was, so I was doing squats and I was looking in the mirror and I was looking at my thighs and I was going, man, they're powerful. Like they're, they're big, but they're strong. And so it's this different way of thinking, uh, not that, why are they so big? Why, if I, you know, eat a couple wrong meals, do I feel like they're just fat? Right. It's this insecurity, but then I look at them and I'm like, man, they're powerful and they're big and 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 they can do things that maybe other people can't do. And, and if I didn't have these legs, I couldn't have played the hockey that I played. And, and that's led to now ministry opportunities to go into hockey chapels and junior teams. And and it's given me opportunities to have, you know, there's a documentary documentary on my life because of the hockey story that I had. And then that's led into talking about the gospel and pornography. And and so if I didn't have these legs, I couldn't have had all, had all those opportunities. And there's an insecurity there that, you think like, why is this wrong with me? Why do I have this part? But you got to think, what's the purpose of this part? What's God using this for? And if we don't know what he's using it for, it might be 20 years from now that we get this revelation. But to just surrender our understanding and go, I don't necessarily like this part of me, but God, I trust that you'll use it because you made it with intent. And and there's so much value um, in each part of our bodies. In Romans 6, it doesn't talk about the whole body like it talks about in Romans 12. Romans 6, it talks about the members of your body. It says, don't present your the members of your body as instruments of wickedness, but instead present each part as a member, an instrument of, of righteousness. And so I'm like, man, this is not just like, thank you for my body. This is like, thank you for my eyes. Thank you for my thighs. Thank you for my hands. And so the first part of your question is, and the way that I'm answering it is the insecurity. Like what, what's the part that I had to reclaim from insecurity? But then secondly, what have I used my body for in terms of sin? Which parts of my body have I put in to, to a sinful environment that I had to reclaim now? And so if we value our hands, our eyes, our penises, our vaginas, our butts, our, all, all of these type parts of our body, 
if we value them like God does, we won't put them in an area of sin. And so one of the things that we like doing in our ministry is guys always think it's a little bit weird at the start, but once we start doing it, guys love it. It's super cool. As we say, we just sit there and we just pray and we go, God, what did you have in mind when you made my eyes? And we just wait to see what the Lord speaks and what comes to mind. And, 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 and Lord, I, I'm sorry. I repent for putting my hands in a situation where I use them for sexual immorality. And I repent of that, God, but I give them back to you as an instrument of righteousness. And what did you have in mind when you made my hands? And you just sit and you just listen for his words. And I remember one time I was praying about my eyes and I just sensed that God was saying, I made them to see, to have you see my beauty in the world. And I was driving later that day and it was just kind of a mundane, normal day, just like any other day on a road that I've been to lots. But I all of a sudden just saw the road and the grass and all of this as God's beauty and his creation. And I could see him in that. And it was because I gave my body part that I had used in sin back to the Lord and asked for his purpose. And it really just changes the way that we see things. And one story that I love, one, one last story here is one of the guys in our program, I was doing this with him and praying and he, he, he loved using his mouth when he would engage in, in sexual sin with women. And, and so he, but he's a worship leader. And he was praying and his jaw dropped and he got emotional. And it was like the love of God came on him and he went, oh my goodness, the Lord told me that he gave me this mouth to sing and to bring worship and praises to God. And I've used it in these different situations where it was sin, but God is now redeeming it and telling me that there's still purpose for my mouth. And so it's so beautiful to do this, to present each one of our body parts, not just our whole body to the Lord as instruments of righteousness. Oh, I love that. And it reminds me of that language of Romans 6 and the members of your body and maybe especially the member, um, yeah. <laughs> the penis and, and the testicles. So many of the listeners of this podcast have told me that they, they have really benefited from any of the episodes where we've talked about uh, the truth about penis size or theology of the penis. So Matt, what does this look like with our genitals? Everything that I just said, we can do with that too. We can, we can repent of that. I'm sorry, Lord, for, for the way that I use my genitals. What did you have in mind, God, for that? But you know, one of the, one of the guys in our program, he laughed at me. He said, he said, you, you apologize to your body. I said, yeah, I've apologized to my body. <laughs> And, you know, we are, we are not our body. Our body is something that God gave to us to use and to steward in a way that's, that's holy and honorable. And so when I've used my body in a way that's, that's sinful, I've looked at my body. I've looked at my penis. I'm sorry that I did that to you. I'm sorry that I put you in that environment. And it's like building a relationship with your body where you have a love and a compassion for your body. That because you have because you love your body, you have compassion for your body, you have compassion for your for your penis, for your genitals, for your testicles. If if you have compassion for someone, you don't want to hurt that person. You don't want to hurt your body. You want to take care of your body. And and so penis size, who told you that that 10 inches had to be what you had? Like who told you that three inches was bad? 
I don't know. I mean, pornography. If I had never watched porn in my life, or if porn was never a thing, would I have ever have had had had, had would I have never have had insecurity over my size? If I never watched porn, would I have ever felt insecurity about my own genitals? And you got to think about that. Where did this come from? Our thoughts about this. Did it come from God? Did it come from us? Did it come from sin? And so really getting God's thoughts about why did he design me like this is really powerful. And, and I think I was looking at Julie Slattery's Instagram yesterday. It's called Authentic Intimacy. And she was talking about our view of sex indicates a lot about our view of God. And so if we look at our genitals and we go, why am I only this size? Why am I not bigger? Why do I not work better? Why do I not last longer? Is a part of you without knowing it, doubting the goodness of God in your life? Is a part of you doubting the love of God, that he loves you? Think about those things. Go deeper. If you've got these, these questions, these insecurities, go deeper. And talk to the Lord about that. And I really think that it's powerful to surrender some of the things that we want to. Um, sometimes we want a certain thing that we'll never get. You know, you're talking about penis size. If it's if it's three inches and you wish it was eight, you're never going to have an eight-inch member. And so that's a desire that you could hold on to for the rest of your life and just continually live in disappointment and insecurity. Or you could surrender that. And what we, what we teach our people is to delight in our in surrender. Because all throughout scripture, Psalm 1 talks about it, Psalm 112 talks about it. Delight in the law. Delight in his commands. Well, if his command is to surrender, which we're called to live a life of surrender, delight in that. So what do you get when you delight in surrendering? Okay, God, I'm never going to get this type of body, these eyes, this hair, this penis, these genitals, I'm never going to have that. But God, you made this for a reason. And what is this growing in me? What is this teaching in me when I can surrender this to you? And there's so much beauty and delighting in what you get on the other side of surrender, which is a lot of, if nothing else, at least peace in your heart. Yeah. And more freedom and healing as a result. That's right. So much healing. You know, I said to a guy the other day, he was having this argument with his wife but it's a persistent argument every day. And I, I said, so what, what it was, was he wants his kids to have two hours of no phones every day, which is, I a hundred percent understand, but his adult or his kids are almost adults. Two of them are adults. One's almost an adult and they're just not doing that. And I said, are you going to win this? Like in the next couple of weeks, your wife's not on board. Your kids aren't on board. It's causing tension you got to pick your battles here. Right. And so he's like, yeah, I'm never going to win this in the next couple of weeks. So I said, do you want it to be tension every day or do you want to be able to surrender and get the peace that comes with that? Do you want to be able to surrender that and focus on battles in your, in your marriage that actually are helpful in overcoming your sexual issues, overcoming recovery, talking to your wife about her heart in that the betrayal she's experiencing, or do you just want to fight about this phone issue? Right. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to surrender it. And, and so sometimes when we surrender these things, it really does bring a lot of healing to our hearts and freedom and peace where it's like, Kate, I'm never going to experience what I, what my flesh wants or what I've been told by the world that I should have. I'm never going to experience it. And sometimes there's a power in surrendering that and just going, okay, God, 
Satan had me looking at this one tree that I shouldn't eat from, but there's so many other trees in the garden that you've given me. And I'm going to look at the other trees and be so thankful. And in every circumstance, give thanks and rejoice always because you've given me so much, even though I'm disappointed about this one thing. Man, that's powerful. I'm, I'm hearing you say that and remembering how in our bodies, when it, everything is working well, we don't even notice them. If, if there's nothing wrong with my hands and arms, I'm not even thinking about them. I'm just using them. That's right. Three weeks ago, I stabbed my foot while running barefoot on the beach. It's just horrible. Six stitches in the bottom of my foot. And of course, it's been occupying so much of my attention. And so we fixate on the parts of our bodies that aren't working. That's good. And I think it's also true in our sexuality that we fixate on certain attractions. We fixate on certain fantasies. And that's indicating, okay, like healing is needed here. Yeah. And when we get it, that frees us up to be grateful. And also gratitude for what is working can also help us to, to surrender in those areas. That's really good, Drew. So like if you're listening, if you're a listener, you're hearing this, I want you to take what Drew just said and go, what do I focus on a lot negatively? Yeah. That is an indication that there's got to be healing in your heart. So true. So what do you need to do? Like a lot of times with emotional healing, there's just so many layers. And it's like, well, how do I even know what to address first? Look at what's present in your head. Look at what's tormenting you every day. That's something that the Lord wants to heal right now. And I want to talk about one of those things for me. As a boy, and even as I got older, I would spend so much time, like embarrassing amounts of time in front of the mirror. I don't know how many other people share this experience. I'm talking about it right now. I don't think I've ever told anybody this before in in such a public way. Like I would get so close to my face and nitpick and then literally pick and, and pop pimples and zits and, and just carve up my face. So fixated on that. So focused on that. And you're so right. It came from this very deep insecurity. And also remembering now that my face is really the place where my boundaries were not honored and where I received intrusive kissing from family members that I didn't want. And I remember scrubbing, scrubbing my face to, to try to remove the, the bright pink lipstick on my cheek. Wow. And so it was almost like I was treating my face the way my face had been treated. And that's, I think that's part of what we need to, to talk about here, especially um, being aware of, of how common it is for our penises and, and for our bodies to suffer and to be mistreated. That's really good. So these areas where we fixate and focus, they could be telling a story. That's right. And that story needs to have the next chapter written so that we don't keep reading the same one over and over again. Yeah, that's right. And it, it, that's right. It changes our history. It changes the way that we see things. When we, when you get healing, so your face, now you've gotten healed in the way that you see your face. And I'm speaking hypothetically. I want to I'm talk sure. about that a little bit, actually, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So at the husband material in-person retreat, there was this one wonderful moment where I asked everybody to open up about something that you don't want other people to know. 
Like, what do you not want somebody to know? We called it dare to be seen. And I was sitting at a picnic table at, at our campground and I opened up about, about my face because I had uh, recently uh, popped a pimple on my face the night before. And so there was a mark on my face and I was like, I don't want everybody to know that, that I did this. And that's why, that's why you see this uh, bump, this dark bump on my cheek. Yeah. And one of the guys at the picnic table said, Drew, what do you need right now? Which was, of course, a question that I had already asked to somebody. And so he, he brought it back to me and said, Drew, what do you need right now? And just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, I said, I think I need someone to hold my face. And to give me that compassion. And one of the men came and he put his hands on my cheeks. And he just held my cheeks. And then they prayed over me. And God was speaking to me and, and it was like he was holding my face in his hands. And then, and then I felt led to put my hands on those hands. Like, okay, I'm practicing. I'm practicing how to hold my face with compassion. And then eventually when I was ready, he removed his hands. Wow. It's just so beautiful. And even right now, as I say this, there was a little pimple on my forehead this morning and I (laughs) took everything in me to just remember that moment, remember what God did and to receive it. And his kindness and his tenderness toward me embodied through that connection with other men. It has lasted with me to this day and it's not perfect, Yeah, but oh my word. And the beautiful thing about that is when we have insecurities and then God gives us these moments like that, I call it moments that heal. And uh, the guys in our program know that they, they look for these moments to heal that God gives them. And so now when you think back to the whole past, the history of your life, especially in your teen years, probably when you're insecure about your face, now you can, that can be a trigger for this one moment where God healed that insecurity. And so then when you think about what used to hurt you, it turns into praise because you're like, God, thank you for how you hold my face. Thank you for the way that you changed how I see my face. Thank you that actually pimples on my face remind me of the compassion and love that you have for me and the presence and how you hold my face. I actually don't mind pimples now because it just reminds me of your love for me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I love it. If I can speak to even this is, this is, this is something that is so beautiful in terms of our genitals. And you're talking about people love the episodes. We're talking about penises and and genitals. So like God made our bodies for covenant and it says that if in scripture, when you sleep with a prostitute, now you're connected with a prostitute. And so it's like, but wait a minute, like all you're doing is just bringing your body with their body. How does that have a spiritual and soulish connection? But our bodies are made to be connected to soul and spirit. And so when, when you look at, when God makes a, a covenant, every time he makes a covenant, there's bloodshed, you know, Noah makes a covenant with Noah. There's worldwide bloodshed. I love it in Exodus, Moses, he's making a covenant with the people and he throws the blood of a bull on people. 
It's like, I was joking. Like I wouldn't want to be in that crowd. The blood <laughs> splattered on me. And Jesus, there's this new covenant and blood is shed on the cross. Right. And so we look at that and we're going key, but now in marriage, a man and a woman come together and there's a new covenant that's formed between them. So where's the bloodshed? Well, the bloodshed is that God gave a woman a hymen and we all joke in this world and go, yeah, I popped her cherry and oh, I got my cherry popped by him. And God gave us, gave a woman a hymen, which is the only piece of flesh that never heals once it's cut. Like you could cut your arm and the skin will heal. The blood cells will, blood cells will come and it'll heal. The hymen is the only piece of flesh that never heals. And if you, you can Google it right now as you're listening. You can Google, what is the purpose of a hymen? Nobody knows. There is no purpose. Medically speaking, doctors, researchers, they've tried to find a, a purpose for years, decades, centuries. There's no purpose to a hymen other than when a man enters in, there's bloodshed with the hymen that tears and a new covenant is formed. And so our bodies are literally made as a temple that the woman has the, the veil that is torn, but the man, we have a penis that without it, we couldn't enter in. And so on both sides, men and women, we got to understand that the genitals that we have are so sacred and so divine and so made for covenant. And single people might hear this and think, but this doesn't apply to me. But not engaging with other gods does apply. Not engaging with other temples does apply. Not engaging in that with other people, you're staying true to the covenant that God has with you. And so our bodies are so sacred. And this really, this revelation, it changes the way that you see, even if you're still struggling with pornography, what I like to do is replace the word porn. So you say, Hey, I, you know, I, I watched porn twice this week. Well, now you can say, I watched people abuse the covenant that, that God had and, and put their bodies, the, the, the temple, of the Holy spirit, use them for sin. I watched that twice this week and it just changes the way that you see it, right? Where you see other people using their bodies in a way that was so against God's design and it, it, it increases your motivation, your awe, the, the awe that you have for God. It, it, it just increases and goes to the next level when you really realize that your penis, your vagina, your, your privates were made for covenant. It's mind-blowing stuff. Yeah. This is a much higher view of our bodies, I think, than porn has to offer and then purity culture too. Because in porn, our bodies are casual. They're whatever. You know, do what you wish. In purity culture, they are nasty, gross, bad. That's the flesh, right? That's right? Only this perspective can really elevate our view of our bodies to what God really intended. And we can't afford to have a thought about our bodies, about us that God doesn't have. So we got to be aligned with him. Yeah. And, and how wild to, to look at our relationship with him through this lens. That he wants to have that kind of intimacy and closeness with us. That he cares for us and loves us so much. That we could be in him. And I want to say this too. And that brings me 
brings a good thought to mind, Drew. A lot of people think, but I've screwed up. I, I have gone against his design. There's stories that I've heard. Now, I, for example, I was doing a staff training at a church here in Edmonton where we are uh, talking about sex in their church uh, last year. And I was talking about the hymen. And one of the pastors came up to me and he said, when I was a youth, my youth pastors, they got married. The woman had had premarital sex with different people. But two weeks before their wedding, she was praying and, and she said, I just sensed God say to me, I'm restoring you. Well, on their wedding night, she bled so much that she had to go to the hospital, <laughs> which, which she didn't. Once she got to the hospital, they said, no, everything's fine. Like, it's totally you're you're fine. It was just the hymen tore. But God was so over and above in confirming to her that she had been restored, that he literally physically restored the hymen. And there are these stories of people where it's a miraculous thing and God restores the hymen. But even if that doesn't happen, if we just repent, if we just are like, okay, God, I know the truth now and I've screwed up and we just come to him, he is so faithful. He doesn't hold this against us. If you're like, you're hearing about this, our bodies are made for covenant and I've screwed up. It's okay. God wants you to focus on his grace and praise him for that. And don't just beat yourself up because he loves us so much. Like you're saying, he wants to be near to us and he wants to just wash us clean and give us a fresh start. Amen. Man, thank you so much. What is your personal favorite thing about freedom from porn? Oh, that's a good question. I was talking to our friend Sophia Sam yesterday, and he brought up this verse where it said, he who walks in integrity walks securely. And that just struck a chord for me because you can just walk securely, living without secrets. People just can know me. I can be open with people. I don't have to clear my history. My wife takes my phone for two hours to go on marketplace for Facebook because she doesn't have Facebook. And, and I don't have to have a fear over what is she seeing and what does she find? Just that, like, you don't even think about it. It's like, you don't even think about fantasy. That's what we talked about. Yeah. You don't think, oh, am I going to masturbate tonight? Or I'm scared to be alone because I'm, I'm scared to work in the basement where I work at home. And, and you know, on my computer all day long, I don't even think about pornography. And so just being able to focus on good things, on productive things, not living with shame and guilt, just living free and having that just not even be a thought. And like Drew, you and I, we talk about pornography every day. Yeah. And still like the temptation to go to it, it's, I don't need, I don't, it doesn't even come. <laughs> so it's really, I mean, there might be like one or two times a year where like a thought comes like, Oh, back in the day, in this situation that I'm in, I could have gone to porn and, and that is an option that I could do right now, but it's not a temptation. It's just like a realization like, oh, that is something I used to do, right? Well, it's what we talked about earlier. When things are working properly, we don't even notice them. That's right. And when I feel secure and confident in my face, for example, I don't have to spend much time in front of the mirror. That's right. How freeing. And when I feel secure and confident in my sexuality, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to focus on it. Um, it does what God intended it to do when he fearfully and wonderfully created us. He intended us to have this security, this confidence, this ability to 
to live with less hindrances. His burden is light. It's light. And I love that he doesn't say, give me your burdens when you feel heavy and I'll take all burdens from you. I love that he says my burden is light because he gives us responsibilities. He gives us a light burden that when we do it with him, we realize he's given us responsibilities to make a difference, to love people, to impact people, to, to know him, to pursue him. There are responsibilities, but when we don't feel shame and guilt, we don't see those things and just feel heavy. And we realize that what a beautiful thing it is that he's given us responsibilities and given us a light burden so we can walk with him and make a difference. So Matt, where can people connect with you? We're active uh, on, on Instagram. So you can find us at restored underscore community on Instagram and see our posts and reels and um, send a DM to our, we, we have a manager who posts things, but in the DMS, I like talking with people. So it'll be me responding there and RestoredMinistries.ca is where all of the, the options are for support. So there's uh, our main program is Pure Freedom Journey, which is a 52-week journey uh, for men or for women. And, and you come in and that's where all of the groups are. And we train our leaders to be able to lead groups. And uh, there's just so much cool impact that happens in Pure Freedom Journey. But there's also options. There's, uh, there's an eight-week boot camp that church groups can take for men or for women. You can take it yourself too. There's uh, 30 days to freedom is a program where it's, you get a daily video every day and it's just for you. There's no groups, but just for you to work through on your own. And then there's, there's support for wives too. So if you're a wife or, who's struggling or if, or if you have a wife or a girlfriend who's struggling with betrayal of sexual behavior, then, um, then there's that option too. One, one cool thing that we do is it's called a cleansing hour. Yeah. Cleansing hours are amazing. I know you've had at least one guy, I think come, and do a cleansing hour with us. And, and uh, you just come, we, we lead you through getting everything out. So whatever's keeping you down, the shame, the guilt, the, the, the things that you've never told anybody, the things that you've done, the things that were done to you, we just lead you through getting everything out. And, and it's like 100% of people are so nervous leading into it. But then 100% of the people feel so light. Like they say, they're like, I feel so light now. And we pray with you at the start. We pray with you at the end. And we, we, we just love you and give you compassion. And, and so those are cool things too. And there's no set fee for that. It's just kind of donate whatever you feel like donating. Um, and then the last thing I guess is there is our podcast, the Pure Victory Podcast. And we're going to get you on there for a couple episodes soon, and which is going to be really, really good. I'm pumped for that. And so we release episodes every Wednesday for Pure Victory Podcast that's on any app where you can find podcasts. And we've got all the links in the show notes. Matt, thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you, Drew. And guys, always remember, you are God's beloved son. And in you, he is well-pleased. Well-pleased.